Hello, my friends, and welcome back to the What If Project podcast. My name is Glenn, Glenn Siepert. I'm your host, and this is episode number 165. And uh, this is not just any episode. This is the three-year anniversary of the show. We've been pumping out episodes for three years. And uh, I just wanted to say thank you to start it off. Uh, thank you so much to all of you. Uh, all of you that listen to the episodes. Um, some of you listen to every episode. Some of you listen to every episode multiple times, you tell me. Uh, some of you catch episodes here and there. Some of you are new. Some of you have been around a long time. Some of you listen just to, to criticize. All of you, thank you so much uh, for being part of this of this journey. Um, yeah, I don't have any notes in front of me. I'm just kind of talking to you from my heart. Um, yeah, this thing has been... I feel like this is my journey. I feel like every guest I interview... Every book I read, uh, I'm discovering something new for myself. And I'm doing kind of like a deconstruction, faith evolution, whatever you want to call it, publicly. Uh, usually people would do this kind of stuff somewhat privately. Uh, I've just thrown it out there for the world to see. And I've invited people to jump on the boat with me. <laughs> Uh, in the very first episode, we positioned this podcast as the as the lifeboat that travels behind the cruise ship of evangelical Christianity and uh, picks up people who have jumped off or fallen off or in some cases been thrown off by the people on the boat, on the ship. And so we're the lifeboat picking up people in the water. And uh, I'm just grateful for all of you who have been in this boat with me. Uh, to be on this journey. Uh, I can't think of any group of people that I would rather be on it than with you. And uh, I've gotten to know a lot of you, which has been really cool. Uh, maybe one day we'll be able to meet uh, physically in a physical location, but uh, lots of you on social media, um, our Facebook group. We have a Marco Polo group for Patreon. Lots of you I feel really connected to and... Uh, yeah, I'm really grateful, really thankful for you. My family's very thankful for you. Um, when we started this podcast, I didn't know what to expect. I thought maybe it would go on for a few months and I get tired of it, <laughs> go do something else. But uh, I love it, man. It's just, it's a lot of fun. So, so thank you. And uh, what I wanted to do today is there's no guest today. It's just me and the mic. Um, I wanted to share some things with you today about my life. And it's my hope that this isn't just me babbling on and on about me and my struggles and my adventures, but that in sharing some of the inner workings of my own heart and my own mind, my own soul, that it might somehow connect with you and your journey, wherever it is that you, you find yourself today. Uh, in your life, in your relationships, with work, with God, with church, with your finances, your family, all the things that make up your your life. And I'm sitting here, by the way, uh, drinking a cup of coffee. Uh, it's iced coffee. You can hear it right there. 
Uh, so I'm gonna take a sip. Feel free to pour yourself uh, a cup as well. If you hear me sip partway through a thought, it's because I'm literally uh, partway through a thought and need a sip of uh, heaven's sweet nectar to help me finish my thought. I'm not gonna edit out the sips because, I mean, why? You know, if we were sitting in a coffee shop, I wouldn't edit out my sips for you, right? <laughs> You'd have to hear me sip. So let's give this a coffee shop vibe today. And uh, let's chat about life and and God and all sorts of things. Um, I'll kick off the conversation with this. I'll start it off. Don't worry. You don't have to start. I'll start. Uh, about three weeks ago, uh, I quit my job. Yeah, I quit my job. I've worked for Apple for almost 11 years. And I put in my notice, which ended up being a week's notice, which is a long story, so I'm not going to get into that. But I gave my notice after 11 years to go work as a shift supervisor uh, at my local Starbucks, the same company that I worked for, same role that I had uh, 14 years ago while getting my master's in, in seminary. And I actually start that job this week, the week that this episode goes goes live. Um, so So pray for me. But why did I quit? Right? Like what like what happened? Why why would you ever leave the security and stability of eleven years at Apple to go work at Starbucks? Like everybody asks me these questions when I when I tell people this stuff, they kinda of look at me like, Oh, interesting, interesting decision. <laughs> but the reality though is that I've been working from home uh since the very beginning of the COVID nineteen pandemic. And so I've been working uh, from home for just shy of a year and a half. That's almost 18 months. And to put that in perspective, when I started working from home, my daughter was two. And now she's four and a half. It's kind of a weird math, but I started working from home like just before her third birthday. She was still two. The pandemic hit. Uh, we had a little birthday party for her, just me and my wife. And we made a cake for her. Um, had her birthday. And so that was her third birthday. So just before her third birthday, I started working from home. And so she really doesn't remember me not working from home. You know, like she vaguely remembers me going to the Apple store. But what she knows, what she remembers is that daddy's home every day. And daddy gets her out of bed every morning at 745 uh, before he goes downstairs to, to work at 8 o'clock. He's here every day for dinner. Daddy puts her to bed every night for bed. Almost a year and a half, right? And it's been it's been amazing. You know, a lot of people hated working from home, right? I mean, you could go online and some so many people are like, I hate working from home, blah, blah, blah. Not me. Man, it was the life. Uh, for starters, I, I live 60 to 90 minutes from the Apple store. 60 to 90 minutes. And my shift is either 8 to 5 or sometimes 9 to 6, Monday through Friday. And so I'm in rush hour. Either either shift, I'm in rush hour both ways. And uh, no traffic. It's 40 minutes. Still a long drive, but much quicker without traffic. But with traffic, it's 60 to 90 easy. I've had it with an accident take as much as two and a half hours to get home. So if I work at 8, i got to leave my house by 6.30 in the morning, which is an hour and change before anybody's up. I don't get home until 6.30 at night when my wife is like literally dropping dinner on the table trying to desperately satisfy the raging appetite of, of our toddler. 
So I'm gone 12 hours a day. You know, and then my daughter goes to bed at 7.45. And so we eat uh, throwback dinner. Sometimes she's got to get a bath every other day. Uh, so I got like maybe 40 minutes with her on a good day, if I'm lucky. And in those 40 minutes, to be honest with you, like I'm tired. You know, I'm physically tired. And to be really real with you, I'm really tired of talking to human beings. Because, because at Apple, you talk to people pretty much all day, nonstop, all day long. It's like, for the love of God, would you just stop talking? Just shut up. <laughs> I can't listen to anybody right now. Uh, and then, on top of that, uh, I've got this podcast, which, believe it or not, is an extraordinary amount of work. Some people have said to me, well, it can't be that hard to do a podcast, right? Like you just sit down in your mic and you talk to somebody. But preparing for interviews, editing interviews, creating stuff for Patreon, for the blog, managing the Facebook group, trying to answer people's questions in a timely manner. It's a lot, and I love it. Please don't get me wrong, but it's a lot of work, and it's a lot of effort. And then after Jordan goes to bed, I have a wife, (laughs) so I try to watch a TV show with her or something. We love uh, Outer Banks, uh, Pogues for Life, if you've seen the show, Uh, Blacklist, uh, The Resident, a show about doctors, Chicago PD, uh, Law and Order, SVU. And then after a 40-minute show, or sometimes an hour, depending on if it's live or recorded, whatever, I work on the podcast till 11, sometimes 12. Then I get back up in the morning, do it all again. Then you got the weekends. You know, I play with Jordan in the mornings, do some lawn work and things in the afternoon. We own a house. The lawn doesn't mow itself, right? So you got to mow the lawn. And then I work on the podcast until dinner or I'll play with Jordan till dinner and then do the podcast after dinner. I mean, it, it's exhausting, but, but it's all I knew pre-pandemic, right? Like everybody else in the world, it's just what we did. It's just always what we did. And somehow amidst the, the bloodshot eyes and the frequent brain fog, you know, it worked. But then when the pandemic hit and Apple sent me this computer from home, I began to realize like, wow, you know, I mean, it was an adjustment. Don't get me wrong, right? It wasn't easy just to start working from home. It took time to adjust. But as I adjusted, I began to realize, like, wow, I've missed an incredible amount of things over these first few years of Jordan's life. I saw her first steps in the break room at Apple on a recorded video, right? Her first words, like her first sentences, like I saw them through a screen. I didn't see them in real life. And sitting here at my desk now, looking at my window, I can see her running around in the backyard. Um, There's days, especially like around the holidays, hearing her make cookies up in the kitchen with my wife. She'd come downstairs all proud. I'd be on the phone with a customer. I'd hang up. She'd go, look, Dad, look what I made you. made you a cookie. Uh, I missed all that kind of stuff when I was at work. And I don't get to play with her all day, obviously, because I'm working downstairs. But my very presence in our home throughout the day to hear the laughter and the giggles and even the crying at times. It just brought me so much happiness and joy and excitement to be here that I just didn't have before. And so something inside of me shifted like immensely. It was like a a cosmic shift inside of me. And, And so for a year and a half that I was home, I tried, guys, I tried desperately to find an at home role with an Apple. I didn't want to leave Apple. I really didn't. 
Uh, I've tried so hard to find an at-home role that would be a good fit for my skill set. I've, I've been a sales expert for 11 years with consumer customers and business customers. So I applied for every online sales role that I could find, whether it be phone sales, chat support, whatever. 15 roles I applied for in total. And sadly, I never got an interview. And about halfway through, about like the seventh application, I was like, "What's what's? why am I not hearing from anybody, right? So I inquired into why. I actually called HR to ask them, like, can you help me understand this process a little bit? And I was told that they have an influx of applications for these at-home roles. And so my name is more or less tossed into a hat with hundreds, maybe thousands of other people. And all I can really do is kind of hope and pray that, that I get noticed. So I tried to change my resume, right? I tried to network with recruiters and hiring managers. I, I tried everything I could think of. I took everybody's advice. I had absolutely goose egg of luck, zero luck. And then it got down to the wire because uh, we were given a date in August that Apple wanted all the people who were in my position uh, back in the stores after a year and a half at home. And uh, I remember I, I was sitting on the couch one night with my wife and I said, I said, look, I, I, I said, I can't, I can't do this. I said, I, I, I can't go back to that life. I said, I, I can't go back to being gone for 12 hours a day after being home for every hour of every day for almost 18 months. Like I, my life has changed. I, I said, I can't do this. I said, I said, I won't. You know, the pandemic, as hard as it was, it was a, it has been a terrible year and a half all around. But the pandemic opened up my eyes to all the things that I missed while being away. And I vowed to myself, I will never do it again. And so applied for all these jobs, heard nothing. I applied for other jobs outside of Apple, had some interviews, had a couple of offers that I turned down because it just wasn't the right fit. I don't want to take just anything to stay home because I didn't want to get myself in a situation that wasn't going to be, wasn't going to be good. Uh, so I ended up applying to my local Starbucks. And like I said earlier, I worked for Starbucks back in uh, New Jersey 14 years ago while earning my master's degree. Uh, I loved it. It was a ton of fun. And the only reason I left is because I graduated. I got a quote, real job as a pastor uh, that I ended up, <laughs> I ended up hating for various reasons that I've talked about in multiple episodes of the podcast. But I applied to Starbucks and long story short, I got the job. Uh, I'll be one of their shift supervisors. And instead of working 60 to 90 minutes from home uh, every day, eight to five or nine to six, I'll be 15 minutes from home, uh, typically working 4.30 a.m. Thank God there's coffee all the way till one o'clock or 1.30 p.m. to 10 p.m. On, on various days. So not only will I be much closer to home and, and Dana and Jordan can come and visit me, uh, at work every day if they want to, but I'll also have mornings and afternoons to spend with them and also work on uh, things for, for the podcast. Instead of scheduling uh, interviews late at night, if I work a nine to six shift or eight to five, I got to schedule interviews after bedtime. So we're talking eight, nine, 10 o'clock. So instead of doing that, I can schedule them in the mornings before work or in the afternoons after work. I can have more flexibility, a whole lot less of a monotonous uh, schedule. You know, I told my wife, like, if I can't work from home every day, 
then I feel like the next best thing, the next best option is for me to work at least closer to home uh, with a job that is at least somewhat close to being as stable as star- as uh, Apple as I possibly can. And this job at Starbucks just seemed like the best option for, for me. And uh, this move obviously is not for money, right? Um, after 11 years at Apple, truthfully, there's a lot that I'm leaving on the table. You know, for a retail job, they, they pay very well. But the, the health benefits are like literally the best in the in the universe, the best money can buy. Uh, of course, you pay towards your health insurance like any company, but you don't pay as much as some companies require you to pay, and you get a whole lot more. Uh, you get stock options, you get uh, RSUs, which are like, I don't know, restricted stock units, whatever, whatever that means. They, they give you stock, basically. Uh, free counseling sessions. There's so many. Th- I could do a whole podcast episode on the perks of being an Apple employee. Like, There's so many things that I left on the table. I mean, during the whole pandemic, they closed every store in the world. Apple retail shut down, but not a single person was laid off. It's crazy. And there's even there's even people they brought in for holiday time. So holiday time, uh, 20, 2019, they bring in people for like five or six month contracts. And they, get, they stop working then like in April. So they work through March. Stores closed down in March. They kept those people on for the rest of the year because they didn't want to lay those people off as they were planning on doing. Uh, and having them go out into a pandemic with no job. So they said, you can stay on board, even though we're going to close the stores and we'll keep paying you. I mean, unbelievable stuff, right? I mean, it's a a great, great, great company. Uh, Insane. But I left it. And and I took a job for, honestly, significantly less money, which is super scary. So we'll be relying on my paycheck from Starbucks, along with... um, Patreon account for for the podcast. A lot of our we have thirty seven supporters. Uh, link is in the show notes. <laughs> By the way, uh, we have thirty seven supporters, so we'd be taking Starbucks, the Patreon account, and uh, you also might have seen on social media. I'm the new quote social media wizard uh, for Quadrados and my friend uh, Alexander John John Shia. So between those three things, we're gonna put the money together, and we're still gonna be a little bit short. And honestly, that's that's scary. You know, it is, it is really scary to leave behind security, right? Even when the security that you receive comes from a place that makes you feel like you're imprisoned. It's kind of like the Israelites, you know, in the middle of the wilderness. Sometimes you long for the security of Egypt, the place that imprisoned you for so long, simply because it was consistent. At least you woke up every day and knew what was going to happen, as miserable as it was going to be. It met your needs. Uh, you didn't have to face the unknown. Yeah. Yeah. I need a sip of coffee. <laughs> I need a sip of coffee after that. Yeah. Yeah. Middle of the middle of the wilderness. Yeah. Longing for Egypt. Yeah. Like even though going back to the store full time, being gone twelve hours a day, that would put me like in the worst imaginable mental place. Horrible. Can't imagine. Going back to that. But it was still really hard to pull the trigger on leaving all the security behind. I mean, I almost said no to Starbucks. Truthfully, I almost said no two or three times. I had a few opportunities to to back out, go back to Egypt, go back to Apple. 
And each time the words were like on the tip of my tongue. Because I was scared. You're like, what if this doesn't work out? What if money becomes too tight? What are we going to do? How are we going to make it work? Am I being selfish doing this? Is this the wrong decision? Should I just kind of like buck up and, and go to work? You know, do my job, shut up, smile? Should I keep applying for at-home roles and just wait it out? Maybe one of these ones, maybe by the 25th application, someone will interview me? Now, I had trouble sleeping at night. I was having dreams about it. I'd get lost in the what-ifs as I stared into the eyes of my daughter while she was swinging on her swings. I was scared. I was afraid. Yeah. But then I was chatting with, with my friends, Seth Price, and uh, he does the Can I, Do, Can I Say This at Church podcast, and uh, Alexander Shia were in a group chat together. And uh, we, we share some pretty deep stuff, and I was pouring out my, my soul one day. Uh, but one day I was telling them about this and about this fear, and uh, they said something interesting to me. They said, rather than push the fear down, why not give it a seat at the table? Welcome your fear. Don't let it sit at the head of the table where it can dictate your every move, but let it into the conversation. Honor it, embrace it, listen to it, ask it what, it, what its issue is. And so I began to do that, to kind of sit with my fear, sit with this worry. I began to realize that the voice of fear inside was actually a, a familiar voice, the voice of a, a younger version of myself, a little Glenn, who very often lived in an unstable world as a child and was subconsciously groomed to fear change because change meant that things would be different. And things being different meant that things would never be the same. And things not being the same meant that things might not work out the way they've always worked out. And that meant that things might come crashing down, which means I might not be able to put it back together, which means I might be a failure, which means I might let down people who I love the most. And things can spiral right out of control when you get lost in your head, right? Surely you've had that happen to you. And so I finally told this younger version of myself, I said, we, we've got to do this, buddy. We've got to do this. We need to go for it. We're unhappy. We're miserable. <laughs> the joy has left the building. <laughs> the dark cloud has moved in. It's raining. It's been raining. We have no umbrella. The wind is blowing. The lightning's cracking. The thunder's booming. Trees are falling down around us. That's a tornado that's coming. We've got to take cover. Right? We need to do this. And it's going to be okay. Even if it doesn't all work out, like we at all hope or dream or think or whatever, it will work out one way or another. And this move from the stability and the certainty of Apple to the instability and the questions of Starbucks and the feeling of being completely out of control, it will, I sense, somehow, in some way, give birth to something new, perhaps to something great, maybe to something that will change my world my outlook, my family, right? Because it's the small things. It's those seemingly insignificant things, the unstable things that often alter the future. 2,000 years ago, you know the story. 
In the ancient East, a woman was told that she was going to give birth to a baby. The storytellers, the gospel writers tell us it was unexpected. She was a virgin. She hadn't had sex yet. And she was shocked, right? She's in awe. Probably a little bit frightened, scared, worried, unsure, hesitant. Her soon-to-be husband is ticked off. And then some distance away, these angels appear to these shepherds and tell them about this baby. And some wise men even further away, they see a star, they follow it to this unknown place, to this unknown destination, for these unknown reasons. Lots of questions, lots of uncertainty, lots of doubts and fear, all surrounding this very frail, very small, very unexpected, little tiny infant, baby boy. But as the story goes, Mary went through with the pregnancy, right? She gives birth to this boy, names him Jesus. She raises him the best that a teenager can do because she would have been a teenager at the time. And he ends up growing up to start a movement that is literally alive and well that you and I are talking about on this podcast some 2,000 years later. He literally changed the world. Somebody so small, frail, seemingly insignificant became the vessel through which the Spirit of the Christ would forever model for us true love, true grace, true inclusion, how to truly live as fully alive human beings who are made in the image of God. And so maybe, perhaps, all of that to say, maybe the Christ is alive and well in the rebirth of Starbucks in my life. Maybe this new thing, this very small thing, small in comparison to 11 years at Apple, this very frail, unexpected thing, the thing that keeps me awake at night, the thing that has been haunting my dreams, the thing that has caused me anxiety and worry, has definitely raised my heart rate. Maybe the Christ is in there somewhere, about to birth something, something new into my life. That will be small and frail and full of questions and doubt and fear for at least a little while. But maybe will ultimately end up teaching me an immense amount about myself and the world. Maybe alter the direction of my perspective and, and my life. Who knows, right? Who knows the experiences that, that wait, the relationships that will be forged, the things that I'll learn, the people I'll meet. As I literally go back, 14 years to a very formative time in my life where I was learning, discovering who I was, where I was headed, maybe maybe like a bow and arrow. We've got to be stretched back, stretched all the way back 14 years so we can be launched forward. Who knows? Who knows? But we'll never know, I told little Glenn inside, we'll never know unless we take the step and find out together. And so this week, the, the week this episode drops, we're, we're going to find out <laughs> the three-year anniversary of the podcast. Uh, we're going we're gonna to find out and more on the podcast in a minute. But first, I want to ask you, what's, what's changing in your life these days? What's changing in your life these days? Taking a sip of coffee while you mull on that. What's changing in your life? Where in your life does it feel 
like the rug is being pulled out from underneath you? Where is the stability quickly turning into instability? Where, where are periods and, and exclamation points turning into question marks? Where is the, the comfort turning into discomfort, certainty into uncertainty? Where is strength turning to weakness? Where are the castles and fortresses that you've built beginning to collapse and crumble? And what I wanted to tell you today as I tell you my story is that perhaps, perhaps these places that feel weak and uncertain, maybe those are the very places where the Christ is being birthed. And maybe they're the very places that will become fortified over time and create massive change and massive renewal in your life and, and through your life into each and every aspect of your world and the worlds of those around you. Something to, I think, at least consider, right? And fear is going to try to kill this thing. I mean, be sure of that. It's going to sneak up on you when you least expect it and try to kill this new thing, whatever excitement might be bubbling around it. Because inside of you, inside of me, is a little tiny King Herod. <laughs> Remember the story. Remember the story of Jesus' birth, right? Remember King Herod? The, the storytellers tell us that he set out to have every infant boy in the land murdered. Why? Because he was desperately afraid that this rumored little king would grow up and remove him from his throne. He was afraid that his kingship would be taken away, his security would be removed, he lose his power, his money, his comfort, his stability. And so he set out to kill this new thing, to kill this new baby. But remember, it's okay. It's okay to talk to the Herod inside of you, like Seth and Alexander told me. It's okay to welcome fear to the table. But don't let Herod run the show. Don't let fear and anxiety about what changes might come with the birth of this new thing, don't let it kill the new thing. So that you stick to the, the comforts of your own status quo. Don't let fear kill it. Don't let fear kill it. Listen to fear. Give it a seat at the table. But don't let fear kill the new thing. Yeah. Yeah. And so for me, uh, as I move on to this new, this new season, changes are coming, right? One of my bigger concerns with taking this job was this podcast. Um, at Apple, I had a groove down. I've been creating blogs, podcasts, all sorts of things long before this podcast. For the last 11 years, we even did a church plant while I was working at Apple. I learned how to create content and things, get things done, even completed a doctoral program all around an Apple schedule. I had a groove down. And all the more so, working at home. I could interview people on my lunch breaks. It was wonderful. Having absolutely no commute, freed up time to read, prepare interviews, write blog posts, create Patreon videos. I worked eight to five every day, so I had a really consistent schedule that at home felt all the more flexible. But at Starbucks, that's gone. I might work 8 to 4, 4.30 a.m. to 1 p.m., 1.30 to 10, or any kind of eight-hour shift. And as a shift supervisor, I not only need to relearn how to remake the drinks, how to make the drinks, but I've also got to learn cash handling, how to, how to handle the safe and the tills and all that kind of stuff. All the stuff that goes into running a shift, opening the store, closing the store, cleaning the store, all, all the different things. And so one of the things that the King Herod in me was taunting me with was, how am I going to learn what I have to learn for a new job? 
get acclimated to a new schedule, and continue to pump out podcast episodes, Patreon content, etc. without missing a beat. And after a lot of thinking, talking to numerous people, what I've decided to do is not interview any new guests until late December or early January. And instead of dropping new episodes this fall, we'll be doing a, a series of sorts called My Top 20, where I'm going to replay uh, my top 20 episodes from the last uh, three years. We'll start next week. Uh, we'll replay episodes every Monday, just like episodes drop every Monday. Uh, 20 episodes in, in all. Why? Well, there's a few reasons. Number one, as I said, I, I need the space to make this transition in my life. And having to worry about interviewing people on top of getting acclimated to a new job, new schedule, etc. I just can't do it. I don't want to be at work stressing about getting an episode recorded or prepared or recording an episode stressing about what I'm trying to learn at work. I just need to focus. Right? I need to get my bearings. And I feel like this is the best way for me to do that, to not have my brain in a thousand different places. Uh, secondly, I just need a break. Right? I mean, we're at 165 episodes. We've released an episode, sometimes more than one, every week for the last three years. That's nuts. That's like 150 weeks in a row that we've released an episode. That's a lot of conversations, lots of material, lots and lots of preparation. And I'm tired. I'm not ashamed to say it. I need a break. I'm tired. And thirdly, in these 165 episodes... There's lots of stuff that even regular listeners of the show have missed. Like I can't tell you how many times a well-meaning person will reach out to me and say, man, you should read this book and interview that author. And I'll say, oh, I've interviewed her before like like three times and her cell phone number is in my, in my contact list. You know, like they mean well, but it shows that even though they've listened to the show for all this time, they might have not listened to every episode. Uh, there's lots of good stuff, especially from seasons one and two that very likely have been missed by a lot of people. And then lastly, I want to re-listen to some episodes and I want to record some new introductions to the episodes. You know, I've grown a lot over the last three years, I think, and I'm really interested to kind of hear how my interviewing has changed, how my ideas have changed, my perspective has changed. And so going back to listen to some of my favorite episodes will maybe show me how I've grown and maybe help propel me into... Uh, whatever season five holds, which kicks off in uh, in January. So, so yeah, I already have five interviews ready to be scheduled for January. Uh, I'm going to aim to get four or five recorded quickly, so there's a little bit of a backlog, and then try to record uh, one a week, and uh, we'll we'll go from there. So yeah, so that's what's on the radar uh, for the podcast. It's not going away. Uh, this isn't the first step of ending the show. Uh, it's just a necessary breather for me as I kind of regroup, uh, enter into a new season of stretching and discomfort and, and get acclimated to this next leg of my own my own life journey. Uh, yeah. And you know what? It's okay. It's okay to do that, right? Like, it's okay for you too. You know, it's okay to take a breather. Do you know that? You, you have, this is your permission slip. <laughs> it's okay to take a breather. It's okay to say you need some space. It's okay to close the bedroom door and not come out for three days. <laughs> so get to lock yourself in your house and cancel all your weekend plans. Uh, it's okay to enter into a new season of life, having no idea what you're doing, and cut some things out so you have a little bit of space to figure out what you're doing <laughs> to get your bearings. It's okay to say no to some things. It's okay to make some changes. It's okay to 
do what you need to do to take care of your heart and your soul. It's okay. And don't get me wrong. None of that stuff's easy for me to do. That's all completely contrary to everything that feels right inside of me. Like to be vulnerable, I told my friend Alexander and Seth, like what happens if people stop listening? What if I lose listeners? What if they don't come back in January? What if I lose patrons? I have 37 supporters right now, like I said. And that money, we need it to buy groceries and things like that. Uh, what happens if people don't like me replaying 20 episodes? And what if they take their money and they go somewhere else? Like These are legitimate fears, I think, right? Legitimate fears. They feel legitimate to me anyways. And I'm sure that you have your own fears. But what will happen if you make changes to your life? To how you do things, to how you live your days, how you run your life, organize yourself. What if my boss doesn't understand? What if my family doesn't understand? What if I lose friends? What if I lose money? As I said earlier, give Herod a seat at the table. But don't give him a seat at the head of the table. Don't let him call the shots. Don't let his fear drive you to keep running when what you really need to do is just sit down. Don't let his trepidation cause you to keep lifting more and more and more when you really need to put some things down. Don't let him push you to do more when you really need to be doing less, cutting some things off so you can create more space for your heart, your mind to thrive during whatever season of change that, that you're entering. Yeah. Give him a seat at the table, but don't let him dictate how your life is going to go. Yeah. It's good stuff. It's good stuff. Thank you. I should say thank you. Thank you for processing with me today. I have more to say, but... I don't know. Seems like a good place to to call it. Uh, episode number one sixty five, my friends. Uh, the three year anniversary of the show. It's nuts. Uh, as always, in the show notes, you'll find some links to this to support the show. Uh, Patreon, buy me a coffee. Patreon is the best place for me if you want to support the show. Uh, honestly, it's the place where you can sign up for a tier, make a monthly contribution. It's really helpful for me to look at that and know how much money is coming in. Uh, next month so I can add it to Starbucks and uh, the uh, money I get from Quadrados and kind of figure out how close we'll be to what I made at Apple then to kind of budget appropriately for the month. That's the best place. But some people don't like the monthly thing. That's cool. Uh, we also have buymeacoffee.com where you can go to make a one-time contribution of any amount that you choose. Uh, you can also go back there every month and make a contribution uh, manually if you'd like. So, so yeah. All the links are in the show notes. Heretic Shop is in there as well. You can buy a t-shirt, a hoodie, anything like that. And yeah, that's it. That's all I got. I'm going to finish this cup of coffee. But like I said, my friends, this is episode number 165. Baby Jesus, King Herod, Starbucks, and bows and arrows. And uh, let's have my friend Forrest Clay. Forrest Clay is the man, the myth, the legend. Uh, close the episode out. His links are in the show notes as well. Uh, here's a song off of, off of his upcoming album. Uh, his links, like I said, are in the show notes. Uh, again, all that to say, my friends, peace to you. Peace and much love. Later. Does God have a face? Does he have a body or even a name? If he does, does he know? I'm alive Is God Even here
Fade. 